Hello, good people upon the planet of Earth, and welcome to You Are Worthy, the podcast whereupon which we speak of feelings, emotions, and all of things in between of them. My name is Michael Mookie Blakelock, otherwise known as Lil Mookie B, comedian, podcaster, influencer, person who doesn't need to be the center of attention all the time, um, just sometimes. Welcome upon today's podcast. Help. I need of somebody. Help. Not of anybody. Help. You know I need of someone. Help. That is from GeniusLyrics.com, from a band known of Beatles. And that is sort of a clever way of getting into today's topic of ranting, which is that of asking for help. I think that, uh, well, I know that a lot of us are afraid to ask for help. We have this perception of the act of asking for help that is somehow showing that we are weak, that we cannot figure things out of ourselves. And so often people, such as you and me, do not ask anyone to help us. And so we set out upon life, day after day upon day, trying to shoulder the burden of everything, of all our problems and things, ourselves. And that becomes very taxing upon us and can be, quite frankly and honestly, too much of which to bear. Because we all have problems. You know that from listening to me. I've said that many times. I have pointed out to you, the listeners, that you have problems. And I have them too, if you can believe of it. I mean, I'm doing the work around those sort of problems. I don't know what you guys are doing, but I am attending a therapy every week upon week. And so these things are getting easier for me personally. And that is all to say, just again, that we all have problems. And problems are difficult, so to say. And with help, like many other things, these difficult things become less difficult, aka more easy. So of example, it could be something simple like, I have many groceries to carry inside of my house. Can I ask my partner or roommate or neighbor to help of me carry them in? Or can I call a task rabbit or something of that nature? Instead of displaying myself as the strong man and carrying all the groceries inside myself and end up hurting myself, my back and shoulders and legs and such, and dropping all the groceries and spilling of the milk and smashing of the eggs. Now that's kind of a simple example. Here's a deeper one. Let's say you are having trouble of the home. Your wife, aka husband, is laid off of their job. Your kids are sick and dying or like... They are getting bad grades, like whatever scenario. And you are trying to put of a brave face upon others and tackle all of your life's problems by yourself. You are trying to be the strong and brave one in the scenario as your entire world crumbles upon you. And you're probably thinking, little Mookie B, how does one ask for help upon this scenario? Do I ask someone to come and raise of my family for me? To tap me out and be me for a day? No. Of course not. That's stupid. And this is kind of another clever way of displaying my point in saying that help doesn't have to be like carrying in of the groceries. Help could be calling a friend or someone trusted and saying, hey, can we talk? May I tell you my problems? And tell all your problems of this person with a listening ear. In fact, one of the greatest forms of help, and you may be shocked to hear me say of this, is Therapy. Many of you know I have been attending therapy for many, many weeks now. 
And I do not need to restate how incredibly helpful it has been to me. You could say that therapy is helping me carry in the groceries of my mind. Here is a real life example of me. I will give this to you of a problem I am having as of currently. This is kind of a vulnerable peek into what's going on of my life and proving to you that even I have problems of time to time. I have been feeling as of lately, like my podcast, this podcast you're listening to of right now is not getting enough listens and likes and shares and things of that nature. Like it is not as popular as it should be, which is very frustrating to me. So I brought this problem to my therapist, Dr. Myra Delaney, and I won't get into the details of this conversation because of patient confidentialness, but just the act of saying this problem out loud to someone else, especially and let alone someone whose job it is to have to listen to my problems was so helpful of me that I barely still obsess over it every day anymore. And that doesn't mean that problem isn't erased. It just means that I asked for help upon it and gained some much needed relief of it, even if for just a moment of time. And I am here to say to you also that you can utilize more than one source of help for any particular problem, especially one that is hard to cure. So in addition of talking at Dr. Myra Delaney about this, I also want to talk to you, my loyal listeners, and ask of your help and display to you that I am not afraid to do such a thing. So listeners, and this is vulnerable of me to do upon the airwaves, I need your help. This might be the first public asking of help in the history of media. Listeners, I need your help. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Send that text you've been meaning to send to your friend who asked you what are some good new podcasts to listen upon. Go on Apple and rate us five stars and leave us a positive review. These are things you can do to help me and show me and yourself that it is okay to ask for help. Tell me if I should activate listener support on my anchor page so that people can donate me money if they love me so much. Tell me if you would be into me doing of a Patreon, like sound off of the comments and let me know how you want me to make money from this. Like help me by letting me know and help yourself by knowing and, and listening of me that it is not bad to ask for help. If I can do it upon a podcast, upon the general public at large, then you can do it if like you're sad about your job or something. Do you know what I mean? Like I am out here exposed, totally naked, asking you for help. Look upon that example. If I can do it, you can do it. And I think that's pretty brave. All right, enough out of me. Let's get the podcast started, but first, let's do some positiveness. Let's be breathing just briefly. I want your aura to be magnetic today. I want the atmosphere that is generated and given off of you to attract good things and good people. I want the north of your aura to meet the south of someone else's. 
or something else's, and clink together in a sticking way like that of a magnet. That is to say why I said that I want your aura to be magnetic, or of magnetism to say it a different way. I want you to be able to manipulate, so to say, the people and things around you for your own benefit. I want you to go into the world today and notice the things around you. Be hyper-vigilant of the things and people that surround you on a day-to-day -day occurrence. Notice how they react to you. Maybe when you look upon people you know from work with a smile. Maybe when you give your credit card to the person of Starbucks of your morning coffee. Notice how they react of you and your presence. Do they smile back? Are they of neutrality? Do they shudder at the sight of you? Become in tune with the back and forth you have of others in terms of exchanging of energy. Are you not getting the reaction you want? Then consider changing. I want you to think about what you want from these people and things. What you can gain from them. And start to change yourself in the way that I tell you to. To get of these things. To change your aura and energy to attract of these things that you want from these people. So that you can have the best life possible and others can benefit from the positivity you will put out into the world because of this and bring balance into the universe. So think about what you want from these people. Think about getting a big smile from the Starbucks guy. Think about your coworker who has been ignoring you, asking you out on a date. Think about getting a fat raise from your boss, simply by looking at him or her. Maybe in a sexy way, like, maybe that will get them wanting to give you stuff. And then let them give you things. Enjoy what you get from the people in your space. Even if you don't get what you want from them, give it time. Work on your aura more and harder. Not everyone develops into maturity on issues of aura and attraction and giving of things at the same time. If you don't get what you want from a particular person, understand that they are not at the level of spirituality and magnetic connection that you are at and give them the time and space to get to a place of serving you. And in the meantime of all this, just continue to emanate your aura, whatever that is. Like think of a big weird pink and red like foggy little light that is around your body, like a big gas ball as it follows you around day after day, putting little wisps of gas into people's noses and mouth as they walk by, increasing of their attraction to you and what you want. And let it work its magic like so many magnets and iron filings. Do this and you will thank me when you start to see the things you want flying at you and clinging to your body. And remember these words of me. You are brave. You are strong. You are courage. You are light. You are beautiful. You are loved. You are worthy with the Loki B. 
Okay, the interview time is upon us. I'm so excited of my guest today. This podcast is of the perspective of therapy, and there's no two ways to say that. That is that is how and what and why I do have this podcast. I started attending of therapy, and to spread the word of therapy has just been my mission as of lately. My guest today is a psychotherapist, which is a longer way of saying a therapist and maybe there is more specifics to the psycho part of it. And we will ask him, my guess is that it comes of the root word psychology or psychosis or things of that. I want to welcome him today. And I hope that we can really, you know, I've learned a lot of stuff in therapy and I know a lot about therapy and a lot of doing the work, but maybe I, if you can even believe it, will find out of things that I haven't heard of before. So I want to welcome my guest psychotherapist dr ron meepman dr meepman welcome thank you so much for having me i i'm 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 so grateful to be here i'm instantly even even soothed by your voice i would say that your patients are probably very lucky do do you have traditional patients like are you a uh, you say you're a psychotherapist and i know i'm jumping Mm -hmm. right into it here please please what is that? What does that do, a psychotherapist? Is that different from a regular therapist, like my therapist, Dr. Myra Delaney, where I sit and I complain to her? There, you know, of course, patients come in and complain. Um, that's one of the main things that I deal with is complaints. Um, but the psycho comes from the um, basically in my therapist school, we worked with some crazy people. And so once you the way they say it is if you conquer crazy people, you get the psycho part to your title. So I can officially say I am a licensed psychotherapist because I've dealt with crazy people. Wow. That is so fascinating. Mm -hmm. So you had to go through some sort of gauntlet Mm -hmm. of dealing with people with real uh, psychosis upon their brains. Mm -hmm. And if you survive that, I I mean, how many, how many people trying to become a psychotherapist, actually do survive of that. I, I mean, is it a rare thing to break through and, and, and have a psycho added upon your title? Well, I don't like to toot my own horn. You know, I like to toot others' horns is is what I often say when you come into the wow. office. Yeah, toot others' horns. And But, you know, it is medical school, and which I didn't go to, but I hear it's hard. But the school that I went to, um, which is a somewhat licensed university, um, it is a gauntlet and it is very physically demanding and not many people make it through. And when I say that, um, not that they don't graduate, that they don't survive. It's that not a lot of people survive. So you, you mean they're physically losing their lives, dying in this process? Yes. Yes. And I'm very happy to not only have lived through that, but to, have that experience um you know i'm I'm grateful for my life and i'm grateful to have faced death in that way and that's actually something that i wanted to talk about you know i'm i'm a huge fan of the show and i yeah yeah of course you know i love what you're doing yeah of course and i, I would love to be um in one of your videos or you know if you would have me um but what one thing that I've had to do in my process is to learn to forgive myself. Uh, I did a lot of things wrong, and I still do a lot of things wrong. And in a world where therapy is becoming more acceptable, we're 
sometimes overlooking the self-care and self-love that we need to give ourselves. So mm. yes, we should be tooting others' horns, but sometimes our horn doesn't need just a toot. It needs a rub. It needs an I'm sorry, and it needs a you're okay. Mm. I love, I love, I love that you said of all that. I love, mm. you know, um, forgiveness is a big thing of me, a big thing that I've worked upon, upon my therapy over the last few months. And, mm. you know, one of those things that I have worked upon in, in terms of forgiveness. And, you know, I think we often think, and please, you know, doctor, tell me if you think from your professional opinion, how right I am, that you know, forgiveness, sometimes we think of that word and we go, well, we're forgiving of others for, you know, things they've said to us in the past or for stepping on our foot or something of that. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. cutting us off of traffic. But, you know, that forgiveness really actually is something that can be for ourselves as well, where we can say, you know, I've done bad things of the past. And, you know, like you said, continue to do bad things sometimes because, of course, nobody is perfect. We can't of course. strive of perfection is impossible to achieve that we can give forgiveness of ourselves and say, hey, it's okay that you did that thing and you got to move on and try better next time. Do you, do you know what I mean? I mean, that exactly. And, you know, it's sometimes very easy for you to say that about someone else, but when you really have to do it for yourself, that can be difficult. And I have to, I have to do this for myself too. I, mm. I can give you an example. Um, I would love for you to. Even just yesterday. I was at Burger King as or in the Burger King drive through as I want to do. And there was just a guy um, on the sidewalk. I don't want to say he was houseless, um, but he had um, Ho homeless, 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 homeless. I thought you said holeless, which also that could have been the case. He might have been missing a hole or two. And that I, I would imagine that this person probably had a great hole upon which to fill in terms of, you know, their life and things of that. And perhaps why they found themselves in that position in their life. And, you know, everyone goes through this where they see someone and, you know, they're just I wasn't having a great day. And I just didn't like the way he looked and I didn't like the way he was looking at me. Mm. And so, you know, I shouted a few things at him out the window, taunted him. Um, and what he, kind of things did you say? You know, go, go suck a dick or, um, you know, get the fuck out of my way. Um, you're trash. I mean, yeah, you're just having a bad day. Yeah, of course. Just uh, one of those days that we all have. Of course. So, you know, and then when he kind of, he threw it back at me. Um, and at that point I got my coffee and I got my French toast sticks and you know, the way he was looking at me, it for lack of a better term, it pissed me off. And so, you know, I lost it. I just, I, I hit him with my car. I just rammed him with my pickup truck and I threw my hot coffee at him. And of course, you know, I took a few breaths. At that point, I checked in with myself and I sped off. And I mean, I, I kind of went into a blackout, but I want to say five, six miles down the road, I pulled over and I... Again, took some breaths and I said, you know, maybe that was something that I would regret. But I had to forgive myself. I had to remember that I am a human being. I am being in the world. And that is something that just happens. Um, and here I am today feeling just fine, accepting of who I am. Wow. Yeah.
that was a horrific story. Of course. But I, I think I think that it really speaks to the power of forgiveness that of, yes, it's so powerful. You can take a you, you can run over of a of a person with your car, c- kill them, I, I'm assuming. We can't assume anything in these situations. And again, this isn't about how many times I backed up or again throwing hot coffee at him. Mm. It's not about that. It's it's about the feelings it was bringing up, which for me is insecurity. I've I you know I'm scared of my mother leaving me, mm. so I have these insecurities. And then it's about forgiving yourself, and that's it. And the rest of it really, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Is it going to help you? You should ask yourself that. Is this helping? Whatever the specifics of the scenario are, you know, it's 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 incredible to me that you could pull over, take some deep breaths, you know, harness the the power of forgiveness and like be okay and move on of your life. I think that's so that's so profound of me to have realized what you said. It it I again not to toot. My horn. <laughs> and, and please feel free to toot toot away, sir. Well, thank you. If I do have permission to toot, then I then I will. You know, that wasn't even the full story that I told you. There was a number of incidents that happened on my drive after that. A chase. Knocking over a trash can. Again, from, from let's call it Who rage. chased you? Well, some people had seen me, the Burger King employee. Oh, I see. Russell was his, was his name. And, um... You know, I mean, I dealt with a lot of people and did a lot of bad things. And that was just yesterday, you know. And here I am today, happily, feeling completely satisfied. I had a wonderful day. Um, And now I'm on your podcast. And that is through the power of forgiveness. Forgiveness is more powerful than any weapon. I, I, I love that. I love that sort of metaphor of thinking of putting forgiveness up against perhaps like a shotgun or a sword or something and saying, you know, which of these is more powerful. And most people would probably point of the shotgun or the sword, but people of us mm-hmm. who understand of therapy and things would probably po- say no, no, and point to forgiveness and say, no, that is the most powerful weapon. And I can speak to that, you know, personally. I was at the driving range um, recently, and a powerful weapon is a a driver, you know, a strong club. And basically, this guy was kind of chatting or talking. I don't know. He was being a little bit loud for me at the driving range. I kind of like to keep it quiet. And, you know, again, I said a few things to him. He said a couple things back. And, you know, the next thing I knew, I, I had just crushed his face with uh with my golf club oh my god and i'm standing over his body and i'm just i'm just forgiving myself and it feels it felt amazing um and that was just very a very profound experience sorry if i'm that's just it was oh it's okay of course on this podcast we 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 allow and encourage men to cry Mm, yeah, I yeah, I, and that's a good thing. It's it is a powerful thing to do. Crying is not as power. It is more powerful than the golf club, but not quite as powerful as forgiveness. And that's not as powerful as a big bomb. Maybe not a nuclear bomb, but a big bomb might be more powerful than forgiveness. 
Yeah, and, and the only way, of course, would be to compare them side by side. And, of course, we don't have a nuclear bomb, but we do have a forgiveness. And so that is what we'll focus upon. Mm. I'm really blown away by how you have been able to harness the power, the energy of forgiveness. Absolutely. How did you come to be that way? Whereupon did you originate of that? You know, like, was this... Uh, a power you possessed before you became a psychotherapist? Did you decide after you became a psychotherapist that forgiveness would sort of be your focus? You know, how did you get to where you are of now from where you had become from before? Well, there's that's a, a fantastic question. And Thank there, you. There, there are a few prongs uh, to that. One is that going through graduate school, trying to make a name for myself in the, psycho, the psychotherapy industry and that is the correct pronunciation is you you want to carve out a specific uh angle or target if you will and so i would try some you know for one i tried to do say sex therapy but there were a lot of sex therapists and much more famous ones so i'd say okay that's not a big deal but then when i landed on forgiveness after a few tries there just weren't as many people doing it and i thought i could make more money this way so that was really instrumental so you were sort of finding of a niche and and filling it yes yes that was instrumental you know in in to to do what i wanted to do was to what was how was i going to make the most amount of money with the least amount of work and that was kind of the i was pointed in that direction Mm. and the reason i got there was because it's it's an interesting story actually is that you know, I had tried to pitch a number of books about therapy, um, about looking inward, and so many of the topics had been covered that I, you know, I went, I I found myself, I broke into, let's say, a New York publishing firm, and I just screamed, I mean, screamed at, at, at this editor, and... You know, when I realized that if I was going to show my face again, I needed to be able to live with myself. I saw the power of of forgiveness there. Mm, mm. And so that then I said, that's the book. And I started laughing. He did not. But it was a funny situation and it is a funny story. And of course, to each and every one their own. You know, if, of if, course. if another person chooses not to laugh of something funny, then that's their own problem. Comedy. And their own choice is such a subjective art form. Of course, yeah. And I understand that having come from a comedy background. Yes, of course. Uh, And I still find many of your videos to be hysterically funny. I Thank you so much. That is absolutely not my intention, but I do... Um, I I am happy that you've you know found your own interpretation of that. Yeah, I I just some some movies. I, you know what movie I thought was hysterical was The Revenant. Did you see that movie? Uh, yes, of Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, by a director of Birdman. Mm, yes, and he was lost in the woods, and I just I found that to be so hysterical. Just a, a laugh laugh riot. Uh, you know, like an old fashioned screwball comedy. I'm really noticing of you that um, everything you say and do and everything you operate is sort of the opposite of what you would think a normal person would do. And Mm. I think that's very fascinating. And I think that's probably what makes you a great psychotherapist. I mean, what did you do before you had forgiveness in you? Well, what what, what would happen if you would make a mistake or heard of someone else? What, What would you do? You know what I mean? Like what? That's, what kind of that's a great question and that's not actually something I talk about that often um, but I have forgiven myself and I have forgiven that past but I had a, a totally different life 
Um, I was, well, for lack of a better term, I was a street urchin. Um, and, you know, your typical... Is that like a sea urchin, but on land? Well, sea urchins are based on street urchins. They Street urchins came first, and then I think as they kind of went out to sea, sea urchins ended up living there. Uh, they adapted. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yes. I've just had it on top of sushi and enjoyed it. Mm, I'm, well, mm, I didn't even know they were... Oh, that's very interesting. Sushi, you said? Yeah, also also known as uni. No, I've never heard of either of those. Sushi. Oh, wow. Uh, it sounds fun, but yeah, I um, I was living as a street urchin for probably about the first 40, 50 years of my life, give or take, and, you know, surviving... In your usual way, knife fights and riding in metal cages really fast with a motorcycle or a car for tips um, and traveling with different kind of carnival performance-based acts. And, you know, again, there was a lot of anger and, you know, if people aren't tipping you and you're sacrificing or your life in the, the metal cage on a motorcycle you would get angry and kind of say, you know, well, then how much money do you have? If it's so, if it's so important to you, how much money do you have that you're carrying around? Of course you do this in a dark, you know, corner, um, outside of the carnival. And then you shake them down and, and, um, you know, settle it that way. And, you know, I had to be willing to forgive myself, uh, for that, which was very easy. So you had no difficulty in transitioning to this sort of life of, of forgiveness for yourself. No, no. Um, and that's what's nice about it is that it can be so easy. You know, we, people say they have difficulties. Many patients will come to me and say, I have this difficult life. You know, my, I don't get along with my, my mom. And I say, who, who cares? Cut her out. See ya. Mm. Set a boundary, a hard boundary. I, I'm, I'm not even just cut her out. Get her out of there. So, so a complete cutoff. So, so you're saying you're just like, I, it seems to me and what I'm hearing from you is that your whole philosophy is just like when, when negative things come upon you, just like do not even deal with them for a second. Yeah. And, and that's the beauty of it is that if you can take something that has happened to you bad, throw it away, my, ins- your instinct is to bottle it up and that's wrong. You don't want to do that. To hold on to it for a long time. You don't have to do that. When I get upset, I head to Burger King. Mm. Get a good, they have great coffee there. I don't know if I mentioned that. Get a coffee. Get a breakfast item. French toast sticks is usually what I go for. And okay, sure. The last time I went to Burger King, I got into a, you know, I think it was a two-way fight the way they're, I'm not supposed to be talking about this, by the way, because it's going to court. But the, the, the way they say it is that it was more of a one-way thing, and that's what the security cameras show, but I don't believe that. Anyway, okay, sometimes things will happen, but I'm not bottling it up. I'm taking it out, letting it be, letting it breathe. Yeah. Yeah. Because why, why waste of our time... Exactly. Holding on to, you know what I mean? It's, it's like a fool's errand. So yeah. Spending time in negativity is no. just like not doing anyone any good. Exactly. So why? And I understand sort of the idea of, you know, maybe we can't help but spend some time there and we work to get out of it and to get into positivity and forgiveness, of course. But I, I feel like what you're saying and what I'm really resonating with here is like, 
don't even spend one second in negativity, in in negative thought, in a negative uh, event that you're a part of. It just doesn't make any – it helps nobody. It's so unproductive. You know what I did once that was – it just helped me so much is that, you know, I was having one of those days like we all have. This was just the other day, by the way. And I went into a bank and I just, you know, I screamed. I screamed that I was going to rob the bank and I had a gun. And everyone was just so terrified and really scared, but I didn't have a gun. And it was just the feeling that I got. It was so fun and so funny. And it just washed away the negative feelings. And when everyone had their head down, I just left. And it just helped me process so much and see how productive and positive that can be yes because i think upon first hearing of that story most people would say you know that was a really um destructive and terrible thing to do no to walk into a bank and make people think that they were going to be robbed or possibly killed Mm. but Mm. again that's one way to look at it the power of forgiveness is what you're saying is that you can go in there knowing yourself that your intentions are good mm-hmm. and leave of there and go, you know what? Maybe that wasn't, maybe I wasn't perfect in there. Maybe I wasn't my perfect self in there. And and maybe I, my actions had affected some other people, but. But you can't control how they, how they take it. That's out of your control. Yes. And I can have forgiveness of those people for misinterpreting my intention. And I do. And it's not easy. Yeah. But I do forgive them. Of course, I can't say if I saw one of them on the street what where my mind would go um, and what I would do to them, but I forgive them. And they have to forgive themselves for, of course. for believing someone they don't know, for being scared when, again, was that productive in that moment? And so in the end, we all got such valuable lessons. And what is really nice is I did end up getting some money out of it. There were people that sort of handed over wallets and just money that they had on them. So not only was I able to forgive myself and feel better about myself, but I ended up making about $1,400. And if that doesn't encourage you to be yourself, your whole self, whenever you have to be, to, and then to be willing to forgive yourself, I don't know what will. And that's something that you would need to work on. And at any point in any of this forgiving of yourself, are you, I mean, is there any concern of the other person? Like, do you ever issue of an apology to people who may, you know, who, who, who you feel may have been harmed by your actions? Or is it just like, I'm out of here, I'm forgiving myself and like on to the next, you know, like. I think the latter, of course, is where my mind goes because you can only control your own actions. There's nothing you can do. You know, and apologies can be so tricky um, because who are you doing yeah, it for? They're a delicate art. They are a del- Who are you doing it for? Are you just doing it for yourself? Are you just doing it to make the other person, you know, see that, that you have felt a certain way? What are you trying to gain from it? And if it's not 100% about the other person, it, you would be doing them a disservice. And I know... From the Burger King incident, from the bank robbery, you know, from when I, you know, I went to the zoo and I, you know, harassed every animal and employee for, I want to say months. But, um, you know, could I even apologize to a zebra, to a giraffe? So then why would I do it to a person? Right. 
you know that 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 to me is a foolproof 100% there's your answer it it feels very clear to me and i think i just made it feel clear to everyone else i mean i've i have apologized of course if there is a situation you know there was i was at a public pool one time and there was an older man there and i i again having not having a great day um i didn't get my coffee um from um burger king and uh you know there was a man there he was standing next to the edge of the pool and you know, you understand where i'm coming from you just see some people and they they for lack of a better phrase they piss you off and so i pulled his pants down naked everything everybody sees and i push him into the pool you know and after i was talked to by the staff and this and that and whatever and i spit in a man's face whatever happened i ended up coming to terms with with this you know and i i I got in touch with the man and i wanted to apologize i did and so you know i went over to his house and as i'm apologizing i what happened was i i ended up finding some valuable belongings he had in his home and so it ended up being really even you know everyone benefited he got the apology i got some very rare coins. He was a, a coin collector. So I got some very rare coins and a lot of money for that. And so we both gave each other something. And that's what you're trying to do with an apology is you're giving them a gift and they're giving you a gift, sometimes rare, valuable coins. Yeah, and I think that's a matter of perspective of saying mm. that as a gift as opposed to mm. you know a a some sort of tragedy or something. You know, mm. I think there's a it was tragic to have to apologize to to have to go to his house and apologize to him. He lived about 16 minutes away with some traffic. I think there's a difference between empathy and people pleasing. Mm. You know, and there's a thin line in between of them. And you know, empathy of course, as my listeners know and of course as they know that I know uh very well is that empathy is, you know, the caring of others' feelings and 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 understanding of other people's sort of emotions and things. Of course. Um but you know, people pleasing is, you know, sort of putting everybody else before yourself. Caring of others before you care of yourself which you shouldn't do you should well, never yeah, do that people pleasing or you know pleasing of pleasing other people and that's something that i used to suffer of and i'm now cured of since i started going to therapy but when i used to be a people pleaser it was always like i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm so sorry i'm sorry if i breathed or if i like let out a big stinky fart or if i you know screamed at someone in front of their boss or something like I would always be like, sorry, sorry. Naturally. Yes, I would always. That happens all the time. I was always saying sorry. That happens I feel all like people the time. I knew would be like, is sorry the only word you know? Like that kind of thing. And it took therapy for me to realize that I was being a people pleaser. And now it's like, I apologize a lot less. You know what I mean? And part of it, I believe, is because I'm doing less things of which to apologize for. But also realizing that it's like, I have to apologize if I need to apologize in my own time and make sure first I am taking care of myself. And exactly. I am involved in an incident with another person where 
people are being hurt, maybe me, maybe them, maybe both of us, is that in the immediate aftermath of that, I need to take care of myself. I need to forgive myself. I need to apologize to myself. And then if I have time, let's see if there's an apology in there for another person, but that person has to understand that I'm taking care of me first. I am my priority and the people pleasing that I'm doing is for the person of me. And and sometimes it helps that if there's someone you think might deserve an apology from you or might be expecting an apology mm, from you, that, that. Can, exactly. And that can build. And that's when sometimes it's helpful to be proactive and to, you know, scare them at night, you know, when they're walking down the street. You don't have to make yourself known, but to, you know, jump out or something and do something to hurt them more. So then they're not just they're not just expecting an apology from you. So so you're going of a more active approach. You're, yeah. you're not even saying just leave this person alone and go take care of yourself. You're saying go take care of yourself and then come back and sort of physically accost this person again. Well, again, you have to look at the situation here, because if they are expecting something from you, they are impeding on your life. Mm. This is this is this is basic psychotherapy. They are impeding on your life. They are expecting something from you. That That is not fair to you. I, I don't believe that's fair to you. So the best way to even the playing field, as that's a common phrase, is to do something that would take them down a notch. Another common phrase. Um, so again, I the, the, what I like to do the most is, you know, you put on a scary mask and wait until it's dark and jump out from the bushes. Just a, you know, a common like, blah, 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 that just a basic... You see them in a fearful state. They realize, okay, life isn't so easy. Life isn't so safe. They're not so concerned about that apology from you anymore. Mm. And you have then just taken a really active approach to taking care of yourself. And, and that'll teach them to have of expectations too. Exactly. And ex- you cannot, you cannot, you cannot. Because expectations set us up for failure. You know, I've stopped having expectations of other people because they don't know what I'm expecting of them. And so those expectations are rarely, if ever, met. And it's okay for me to be infuriated if they aren't. You know what I mean? And yes. I've tried to do them less, but it's, you know, are, are you giving these people any sort of indication that you're doing this because of the expectations they've put on you? Or is it just for them to learn on their own after they've been scared of you jumping out of the bush? You want... Again, you're trying to take care of yourself here and to force a lesson on someone to then say, hey, you know, people don't like to be told how to feel, what to feel. So you're, you know, for one, it's just scarier to run away hmm. um, in the situation. So you want to you always want to you always want to appease the situation more than the person. Sure. Right. Because life is situations. It's not just people. It's people in situations. So what's the what's the more important thing to do in that situation to scare them and then say, oh, it's just me? No, because that's not the situation anymore. The situation is that this person is being terrified by a quote unquote stranger. So for the situation, you must continue to be that stranger. Right. And to feed the situation. I love that. That makes total sense to me coming from you, who I want your respect of course and yes and i want yours so it wouldn't be worth it to disagree with anything that you say on here and i appreciate of that too and you saying of that and i feel like we're learning from each other here not just me of you i'm sort of good enough at therapy that you're actually learning from me as an actual therapist a psychotherapist Do do you have your own therapist do you work out of your own problems with your own therapist or do you work out of them with yourself as your own psychotherapist 
well, to answer both of those questions, I do have a therapist, a psychotherapist, and his name is me. Wow. Because that is, to me, the best way to work out any of your problems, because I've gone to a number of therapists, and they say, I'm concerned for you. I can't let you legally leave here without talking to authorities. And, you know, for me, you know, and I met this one therapist, you know, again, he's got this look on his face. You know that look. He kind of pisses you off a little bit. So, you know, you want to take his books and smack him across the face. And, and so what if I do? How do I then live with myself? Well, I have to learn how to forgive. And who can help me get there? Me. Mm. Mm. See, normally I use this podcast as an opportunity to tell people to attend a therapy. I don't think that people are, you know, normal people, not like me, are sort of capable of working through their own problems of themselves. And normally I would tell you and many of my guests to attend a therapy if they don't already, but I'm speaking to a psychotherapist. And, yeah. and of course, you know, all the ins and outs of therapy and the human brain and human behavior. Mm-hmm. So for you to say that to me, that you're your own therapist, which I think, you know, I've sort of tried to do in the past and have failed that it's actually not a failure on your part. It's actually very good. And, and I think that's very neat. And not to give away too much here, but, you know, it's actually very easy to be your own therapist because a lot of times I I start the session and I say, I feel fine. Nothing has gone wrong. And then I say, well, you're free to go. No charge. Wow. I mean, how about that? To go into a therapy session and to realize that you're already your whole self and there's nothing that your therapist can do for you. I mean, it's an amazing an amazing feeling. Yeah, and it doesn't matter because you've got that money from the bank. I've got the money from the bank. I have more coins. I went back to the house, um, the man's house, um, who I pushed into the pool. I, you know, I have so many resources. This is, you know, you can call it networking, let's say. And that's just part of the job is, is networking. Um, you know, one of the guys at Burger King, when he's seen me in a few of these incidents, we're friendly now. So he won't call the cops on me. He doesn't rat me out. And again, that's that, that, that every business has this, you know, social scene to it, you know, and so things have really never been better. And are you, you are you are you currently practicing? Do you have of an office where patients see you? Are you um, are you comfortable saying that upon the podcast, like where people might find you if they would want to come and you know, really become a, a, a forgiveness ninja, I'd like to say. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, you stalking through the night, forgiving yourself, not necessarily others. In fact, I find it's helpful to hold grudges. Um, you know, th- th- there's often talk of letting go of grudges, but I find that to remember what people owe you, to remember, d- to be able to process what people have done to you in the past and to bring it up every so often, every 12 years to go back to your hometown to find a bartender who tormented you in high school to talk to them, just talk it out. And at the end of that, come out with around, you know, a $1,400 check. I mean, that covers, you know, a lot of damages, a lot of expenses and that is a really helpful way to process, to get through these emotions. So yeah, you could say you're holding a grudge 
Or you can say you are continually working through this experience and you are becoming more of your whole self. Great. And so the question I asked was, do you still practice? Listen, there are a number of ways that people practice. What is practice? Can you answer that? Uh, it makes perfect, of course. That's true. That is one aspect of it. But in the sense that, and I, and I didn't mean Sorry, maybe I'm misunderstanding. Oh, right. Of course. Maybe I'm misunderstanding your question. Uh, just, you know, do you, are you, do you have an office upon which patients can come and, you know, use your, of course, your therapy, have a, have a therapy session with you. And what years are we talking? I'm talking currently this year of 2020 now. And, and when will this be released? Um, probably in a, in a, in a couple weeks from now. Well, I can't determine. It seems impossible to determine the scenario that you're trying to, to set up here. So, so, so you don't have of an officer. Do you have sort of a floating roving office and you go from, I mean, I, I, you know, we haven't spoken at all about any of your patients and I know of course nothing specific because of doctor patient confidentiality, but like, you know, how is your business as a psychotherapist going? Like, you know, if, if, you know, we're, we're heading to the end of the podcast here Mm. and, and I usually ask my guests to give plugs. What would you like to plug? Would you like to plug of your business of psychotherapy, your, 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 your practice so that people might be able to find you and learn of you? You know, people, I would love to plug that again, forgiving yourself for the things that you've done and for the things that you might do. That's always a fantastic way is that before, you know, I once, you know, I was in New York city, fantastic city. Um, But you know, sometimes you'll just have a, a rough day there. A lot can happen. A lot can go wrong. And I was standing outside of a pizza parlor and I forgave myself before I even went in there. And as the, the man working there was taking out a hot pizza pie. I just threw it, you know, I hit the pizza peel and knocked it into his face and burned his face. And I had already forgiven myself. That's, that's what I can offer all of your listeners is to be able to forgive yourself. And so the next time, if I were to see them, I'm, I've already forgiven myself. And that again is more powerful than any golf club to the face but not quite as powerful as a big, big bomb. So instead of waiting for after the fact to forgive yourself, you forgive yourself beforehand. And so you're going in, in like a forgiveness surplus. Yes. And that's, you know what I mean? Of course. So yes. You, you, you're, you're banking some forgiveness for, for future wrongs that and why not? Why wouldn't you do that? You deserve that. You are a good person. Thank you. I agree. And I thank you of saying that. You're a great guy. And so why would you ever hold something against yourself that you might do to somebody that might, again, this is, these are all, you can't control these things that might upset them. It also might not. They might be grateful. They should be grateful. These experiences that we have are miraculous that they're even happening. So to answer your question, if, if people want to come to my truck and do a session there, yeah, of course. so yes, I do have a practice. I have a thriving practice. One of my patients is a licensed psychotherapist, Dr. Ronald Meatman. That's you. Yeah, but that's one of that's well, that's like a celebrity patient. 
Oh, I see. That that's sort of the 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 picture you put on the front page of the website to sort of get people enticed. Well, I would, but I don't currently have a website. It got taken down for some of the things that were on there. I could probably help you with that. Um, Well, that would be great. No charge? For free? You know, sure. Or maybe in exchange for a psychotherapy session. (laughs) Well, that I can absolutely do. It might be tough to fit you in my busy schedule, but I would be absolutely happy to do it to you. And we we could do it at Burger King or something, too. They've excellent coffee. Some of the best. That sounds great. I, I, I don't drink coffee, but um, I... You should. Have you ever... You never had it? No, I've had it before. I just the caffeine sort of messes with me, and I, I either... If I am drinking coffee, I'm drinking decaf, and... Messes? It doesn't, I wouldn't say tea. it messes with you. I think it makes you feel... You know, it makes you feel alive. It makes you feel something. And, I, and I'm only speaking of my personal experience of coffee, but perhaps... It looks, sounds like the psychotherapy session has begun. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Ron Meepman, thank you so much for being upon the podcast. Um, you know, as a psychotherapist, and I feel like I have learned a lot of you today. Mm. Um, I asked this of, of many of my guests upon the podcast, but is there a piece of advice that you would give to people out of the world, the listeners that are listening upon the podcast today that they would want to know from you? Just remember that a lot of these things that we stress out about aren't as big of a deal as we make them out to be. And I want to say that specifically about, you know, recently I was having not a great day. Just, you know, wake up on the wrong side of the bed and I... Sure, one of those days. Yes, one of those days. And I ripped out um, one of those mailboxes, you know, on the street and letters went everywhere. And technically, I guess that's a federal crime. And I'm trying to explain to the you know, the federal prosecutor that I've been dealing with, that it's that it's not as big of a deal, that this has something to more to do with a past issue that they are trying to work through and that they need to forgive themselves and forgive me. And in order to do that, they need to just stop. Just stop. That's your advice. Yeah. Just stop. Just stop for a second. Just stop. Just stop. Have you ever done that? Can we stop for a second? Sure, I'd love to. Let's go ahead and stop. Just stop. Let's stop. Wasn't that amazing? Oh, I thought it would be longer than that. But yeah, that was really incredible. Usually for me, it just takes like a second. Maybe because you haven't done it as much as I have, but it usually just takes a second and I feel better. Oh, okay. I see. So I, I haven't gotten to your level of stopping. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's interesting. You know, it, it sort of gave me a moment to sort of just think about everything, you know, that's going on. Sort of like, you know, I, I'm, I'm so wired in here speaking of you that like I haven't noticed that like I haven't noticed like the timer or like that I, you know, the garage band that's recording my audio and things of that. I haven't checked upon that. It's like it sort of gave me a second to, you know, address the other things of my life that I might have been ignoring in that moment. Wasn't it just so peaceful? And it was very peaceful. Yeah. Sort of silence is, is, um, you know, they say it's golden, but I also think they could say it's peaceful. I think silence is one of the most peaceful things out there. And for me during those moments where I just stop, you know, it usually comes when I'm just not feeling myself or feeling like myself. And, in that moment, there's just nothing to worry about. So, so we encourage all the listeners out there to just stop for a moment. To just take, stop. Don't don't necessarily pause this podcast, but like just stop what you're doing and just take a few seconds to just sort of be what present. 
Um, I had, I didn't really think about it that way, but sure, yes, to be pre- I would say just stop. Mm-hmm. Just stop doing anything. Mm-hmm. And a really beautiful thing about this um, stopping is if you see someone else stopping, you can do whatever you need to do in that moment, whatever you need to do to them. If you want to do something, if you want to just feel something in that moment, you know, if you wanted to just an, a crazy example, twist their arm and hurt them a little bit, mm-hmm. you can do that. And it's, you know, just stop. And, and it helps everyone in that scenario. Mm. That sounds like a tremendous freedom. Yeah. And I appreciate you sharing that with us and the listeners. Dr. Ron Meatman, I, I want to thank you so much for being upon the podcast. Thank you for thank being you a fan so of mine. And of thank course. you for Huge DMing fan. me on TikTok uh, to come upon the podcast. I was happy yes. to have you. And I can stay at your place for a few weeks or... Oh, are you, you are, hadn't gotten back to that? You hadn't gotten back to that message on. Oh, TikTok. Uh, maybe that's something we could talk about off air. Mm. Um, if you, I don't know if you're in the LA area right now, but um, I'm heading that way. Oh, okay. You're you're heading. Okay. Um. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Let's 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 talk and 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 of course you know off of the air airwaves and we can uh, sort of figure that out. They have Burger King there, right? I know West Coast, East Coast. That some of the fast food chains are different, but Burger King's national. Yeah, yeah. They have Burger King. Okay. Here. I don't know that they're open 24-7 here or anything, but I don't know if that mm. matters to you. That's the kind of thing that could really piss someone off, you know? Yeah, and I believe they stopped the French toast sticks at 10.30 a.m. Just stop. Right? Did you feel that? Oh, wow. Yeah. I thought maybe your audio had frozen or something, but... Maybe. I'm glad to know that it was a psychotherapy lesson. A lesson, yes. It was. Dr. Ron Meatman, I have one more question for you before we go. Do you feel worthy? So worthy. All right. I love you. And I love you. Hi, little Mookie B. This is Julia calling from New York. Um, Really needed your help and some advice on how to have a hard conversation with my parents. Um, They're pretty racist and... I've been not doing my part in being more forthcoming or straightforward with how I feel about when they make comments. And I'm planning a trip back home, but I'm feeling really anxious um, about seeing them. So any advice on either how to start that conversation or how to handle it when it arises or um, how to mentally prep for that trip? Thanks. Hello, Julia, and thank you for your call. Um, This is, of course, a topic of great seriousness, and of course, I want to treat it as such with seriousness. I believe that when it comes to our family of origin, that is to say, our moms and dads and brothers and sisters, it is difficult for us as people with empathy of others to see that the people we love are doing harmful and destructive things upon others and upon themselves. And as hard as those things are to witness... I don't know that you have to have a conversation with them per se, because I believe that it is not our responsibility to change of other people. And you're probably saying, Lil Mookie B, we must try and change of the hateful people of the world. And I understand where you're coming from and of with that idea. But think of it this way. When have you ever had a conversation with someone, especially someone who's like old, and you're like, hey, come on, stop that. That sucks. And they're like, Oh shit, I'm so sorry, like, I didn't know that was offensive and I'll never do it again, or whatever such scenario. 
Like, it doesn't often happen that way at all. I find that the people that are displaying of these kinds of opinions and attitudes and things and lack of empathy tend to not want to be told what to do. And therefore, telling these people what to do or how to think causes more anger and divide. Now, does that mean we should never try and change of anyone's minds? Or try to make positive change upon the world at large? Or do we just have to accept the destructive behavior of others? Well, I believe the answer to all of those things is no. And I think that there is a difference of changing someone else and expressing of your opinion, aka taking care of yourself, aka having of a boundary. Because a boundary is for you, not for someone else. A boundary is to say, you may do what you want to do because it is your life, but if you do XYZ, then I'm out. Like peace in the East. You say that you want to be more forthcoming and let your family know how you feel when they make comments that are insensitive. And I think that's good of you to think that way. And I think you can say when they say something that sucks, like, hey, I don't like when you say things of that and I won't participate of conversations that contain of this subject matter. And then like, period, like pass the peas. You know what I mean? And know that you are doing that for your own sanity first and foremost. And if they are not down with that, that is on them. I also think that a boundary doesn't have to be said aloud or out loud is another way to say of that. It can just be enforced. Like, if the conversation strays wayward, you can, like, not participate. Or just be like, yeah, cool, whatever, did you hear that Nick Jonas is the newest host of The Voice? Or whatever subject change of such. Like, lead of and by example. Show, don't tell, as the great Del Close would once say. Because when they see that you are not interested of participating in such conversation and behavior... See if they don't start bringing that kind of stuff up around you less and less. And let them see what happiness and peace there is to be found in not worrying about what other people that are different from you are doing or not doing. Because change is a difficult thing. It is a slow and scary process for everyone and anyone. And I know of this firsthand because I am included in everyone and anyone. And so, this is just of my opinion. But... Work on changing what you need to do to be happy in the stressful scenario of your family. What you need to do to not fight and argue and ruin of your happiness and your comfort. Because you are entitled to be happy and comfortable too when you are in their home. Or anywhere you may go upon the earth. You are your primary responsibility. So when you feel of anxiousness upon going home to see your family... Think about what you can do to take care of yourself while you are there. Even before you depart, before you are there, like at home, at the airport, on the plane, like pamper of yourself. And know that at the very least of it, you can and will continue to commit to spreading of love and positivity out into the world, even if others won't. And even if those others are the people you love. And if you can't change the minds of those few people... Think of how many more outside of your family you can and will change with your good example. So Julia, get out there and spread of the love and positive you want to see upon the world and tell them Lil Mookie B sent you. That's the podcast. Thank you for listening. 
Today is a historic day in more ways of one. If you would like me to answer of your life advice questions from the perspective of therapy on the airwaves, you can call me upon 424-245-5477. Again, that's 424-245-5477 and leave of me a voicemail. You can also type, click, and send your questions to youareworthypod at gmail.com. Thank you of my guest, Dr. Ron Meepman. Please like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere else upon platforms of which you listen to podcasts. And please rate us five stars. It's as simple as pointing and clicking and also writing a review, which takes slightly more effort, but not much. You can follow me on social medias, at B across all platforms, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. That's L-I-L-M-O-O-K-I-E-B. You can also follow You Are Worthy Pod. Our podcast theme song is an original composition upon me, Lil Mookie B, in collaboration of Midi Keys and Maya, the Garage Band drummer. Thank you for listening and keep continuing to be worthy. Okay, we're going to riff on some blues here before we go. This has been a Lil Mookie B production in association of Pink Hoodie Media.